party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week I am joined by Corey Strain for a game of Cold Steel Wardens, role-playing in the Iron Age of comics. Corey is one of the hosts of Zero's Talking Heroes, a super fun superhero movie review podcast that you should absolutely check out. A link can be found in the show notes. Cold Steel Wardens is designed to emulate books like Watchmen, Dark Knight Returns, and Frank Miller's Daredevil, and I think it does a really great job. It captures that sort of grim and gritty, but a little bit silly feel, and I think that you're going to love it. I can't wait to dive in. So without any further ado, let's throw it over to me in the past so he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, my guest is Corey Strain. Corey, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about this. So, um, up front, why don't you talk a little bit about where people might know you from, where people should know you from, and anything that you might want the listeners at home to know about. Well, they probably don't know me from anywhere yet, but what they should know me from is from my podcast, Zero's Talking Heroes. Um, It is a comic book movie podcast where we sit down once a week and dive in and rip apart um, a different comic book movie every week. Obviously, when there's a new release, we do that. Um, but in all the off weeks, we kind of go back, and there's plenty of backlog comic book movies out there. Yeah, and the, absolutely. Yeah, and then the interesting part about the show is we don't rate by stars or 1 to 10 or anything like that. We actually rate it on a scale of Infinity Stones. That's pretty good. That's yeah. good. I like that. So did you see Doctor Strange? <laughs> we did. We actually just dropped our Doctor Strange episode this morning. All right, I'll have to I'll have to listen to that because I haven't seen it yet, and I've been very on the fence about going to see it. Even though I like the Marvel movies, I've been very on the fence, so I haven't decided if I'm going to commit to it yet. I I will tell you from my personal perspective, if it was just me and not me having to do it for a podcast, I probably would have waited. But it turned out that it was it's good. Okay, good to know. Yeah, you're not going to be upset watching it. I guess right, the best way to say it. Because I know I was pretty upset watching, like, the trailers and stuff. Yeah, it's... It's, it's a whole, whole lot of white people. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's still a movie. It's definitely it's a movie. That's, fair. that's the best you can say about it. Fair. All right. So this week, uh, in the comic book spirit of things, we are playing Cold Steel Wardens, role-playing in the Iron Age of comics. I'm really excited. I... I, I'm really I'm really excited to dive in to this. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, I threw this I threw this at you off the cuff when we were kinda like getting everything together and when you jumped on I was like, This is this is gonna be epic. I think this is gonna be really fun. I think I think it's an era of comics that I have a, a difficult relation with ship with, but I think I have a lot of fond memories of as well, so I'm excited to get to explore it. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. The Iron Age, for reference, being, like, the mid to late 80s before, sort of around, like, uh, it's like Dark Knight and Watchmen and sort of all of the things that sort of came after that before the 90s happened, and then the 90s happened. The 90s were... <laughs> the 90s changed a lot of things. They sure did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, The Watchmen is, is, will go down as probably my favorite comic book graphic novel of all time so when i discovered this game it was it it just changed everything for me like i i'm super stoked about it yeah and reading it over i think it really neatly uh like delves into the themes of that so let's let's dive in so why don't you introduce me to your character this week 
So my character, his name is Adrian Zarkov, um, but the scum and villainy of the area know him as the Eraser. He has a tendency to either erase A, you off the face of the planet, or B, um, important documents that lead to, um, you know, the upper class taking advantage of people in the lower end. Sure. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot. So what I'm going to do first off, just peeling the veil a little bit, mm-hmm. is I, I rolled on one earlier, but I want to roll on one now that I kind of have an idea of where I want to go with it. Sure. Is roll on one of these, uh, they have neat mystery tables in the back that I want to roll on. Oh, cool. That I'm going to keep secret from you, but I will definitely talk about after the episode. <laughs> Sounds good. Yep, that's perfect. That's great. I love that. All right. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Okay. It was a cold, rainy night in New Corinth. The type of night where the water sticks to the water sticks to you as you're walking, and you can feel it freeze for half a second before it falls off your skin. The kind of night where you'd swear it'd be snowing if it weren't so miserably wet outside. It's been painted with a watercolor brush of shit brown and disappointment. What, where, where, where's the first place that we see the eraser? What's his in? What's that's what's their intro scene? <laughs> he would definitely be, um, like he doesn't have any any major plans, like any any big heist that he's trying to accomplish this particular second. So he's hanging out down one of the dark alleyways in New Corinth, just waiting for some some group of thugs or scum to to come walking by, and you know people that don't necessarily know who the eraser is yet to. You know, sure, sure, sure. He's trying to leave his mark on New Corinth right now. He's kind of an up-and-coming. Sure. So you're taking in the sights and sounds and smells of New Corinth. You are taking in the, the scent of the industrial waste and smog and the freezing rain and the, the feel of the mud seeping into, your, seeping into your shoes. And you hear the police sirens in the distance that are just constantly blaring through the city. And... Sort of that, like, that white noise is pierced by a scream as a young man in his late teens is uh, running through, is like, you see him run by, and there are two armed guys in... Like, leather jackets and jeans with ski masks on, like, chasing behind him. Trying to look a little bit discreet, but they also have, build, they also have like, clubs in hand. So they're not looking as, you know, they're looking about as discreet as, well, uh, as a hired hitman can look in New Corinth. Yeah. So, they, you said they run directly past me? Yeah, well, yeah, if you're standing sort of in the alley, they run, they're running down the street kind of perpendicular to the alley. Okay, perfect. Okay. So, obviously, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a step out and, you know, with very little subtlety, just kind of yell after, maybe give like a loud, one of those loud whistles. Sure. That kind of grabs their attention. Sure. And then, once they turn around, be like, you know, boys, it's a terrible idea to, to pick on somebody that's... You know, not on the same level as you. It's terribly rude. One of them looks to the other and says, No, no, we gotta get this kid. We already got the other, they already got the other two. We need to keep this one quiet. 
And the second one turns to you, the other one turns to you and starts to, like, kind of, like, squeeze his club a little bit. And he's like, nah, nah, you go get the kid. I want to, you go get the kid. I want, I want to, I want to meet this dude. I want to meet this fella's challenge. I think this is going to be fun. With a, a slight chuckle, he says, I'll be seeing you later to the one that's going to run off and chase after the kid. All right. So the one of them starts to, he like kind of shakes his head and starts, starts hoofing it as the other guy like starts kind of swinging his bat a little bit mm-hmm. to be like, come on, let's, let's, let's dance, pretty boy. Um, the eraser is going to turn his, turn his neck and like crack all of the bones in his neck and then like sure, yeah. clinch his fists and crack all those knuckles. And then just like very nonchalantly just walk, walk straight up to the guy. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, yeah, so let's dive right into a combat. So we're gonna first thing we're gonna do is determine initiative, so we're gonna roll an agility test. The way that uh, Cold Steel Wardens works is we're rolling a number of ten sided dice. Uh, is it a seven, eight, or nine is a hit? And then a ten yes. is two hits? Indeed, yeah. and then a one is a negative one. Right. So we're gonna roll the number of dice equal to your agility score, count the number of hits, and we'll determine who goes first. Not bad, I got two. Alright, uh, I got negative one, so you are up first. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so this is clearly no no reason to big out the big guns. And by the big guns, I mean the actual gun that I have on me. Right. So I am just going to walk up and give a quick, you know, jab-right hook combination. Sure. Um, and that's just, you know, that's really only one, because the jab just kind of got to bounce him back a little bit for me to come in and give him the good right hook. So that's um, my fist attack, I believe, is six. Yes. Yeah, so you're going to roll that, you're going to count the hits, and I'm going to compare it to my defensive value, correct? Yes. Great. Ooh, not the best. Negative two. All right, my defensive value, I believe, is eight. (laughs) Yeah, not the best one. Swing and a quick little, I guess, dive out of the way. Okay, yeah, so it's going to be, we're going to roll your melee combat skill against my defensive value, and then you roll a force test plus damage dice to determine how much you hit by. Yes. Got it. Okay. So now I'm going to, so he's going to, he ducks you and tries to, like, jam the bat into your ribs. Okay. Yeah, he's going to, he's going to go straight for your, he's going to go straight for your ribs. He is rolling a... Two dice plus five. Alright. He gets a five. And that does not hit the defensive val- the eraser's defensive value is a seven. Okay. So roll your roll your attack. Or whatever you want to do, as he like he like goes up and you dodge it. You're probably like right up on him now, because he's like swung the bat, missed him, and you're like you like probably step forward, I imagine, or something like that. Yeah. Or so- you step back. I don't I- know. So, I come in with the big haymaker over the top, and as he ducks down, I think I just kind of shuffle step back just a touch, so that it, like, you know, the swing was close, but it didn't it didn't quite make full contact. Mm-hmm. So, try this again. That's a hell of a lot better. A grand total of five, but you said your defense is seven, right? It's eight. Are Eight. you adding okay. anything to that? I feel like you should be adding something to that. 
I got the fist attack, which is the D6. Right. And then the judo mastery, which would be two more, which is the die. Oh, okay. So I don't think I don't think there's much that you don't add much. Oh wait, no, I do, don't I? I add the ratings, don't I? Yeah. That that's what I'm doing wrong. All right, so it's a total of ten then. Sorry. Yeah. So you hit. So roll a force test plus your weapon's damage dice. A force test. Be the five. Oof! Beautiful. So that is that is another. Uh, that's eight. All right. So you, you describe describe how you hit him. Describe how you hit him. That sends him reeling. So you know, I come over top of the haymaker, comes in underneath. I scoop back away from the butt of the uh, the bat or whatever, and as he's kind of coming up with the bat to try to actually make contact with the ribs, the hand that jabbed originally actually comes up and gives him an uppercut straight to the jaw. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So he like lands. He lands square on his ass. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting in this pu- mud puddle, and he stands up, and he's like, "All right, that's fine, that's that's fine." And he like, he doesn't even pick up the bat as he just runs to just meet your jaw with the same punch that you gave to him. <laughs> oh, this one's much better. <laughs> oh, he should have been doing this all along. <laughs> That's one. That's a six, so I don't think it hits you. No, it doesn't. It does not hit me. Yeah, he gets a six, but he, he's... So he comes running, just rushing at you. How do you dodge it? Um, I... Again, I do have mastery in judo, so I think it's mostly just using his momentum against him. Yeah, yeah. So he's almost about to make contact, but I like just kind of grab his wrist and throw him. Like, up to, okay. like, the building on the side of the street. I imagine this sure. is, you know, close enough to a building where he's just going to kind of fall back and hit against the building. Sure, sure, sure. Um, And then I'm actually going to come in with a body shot and see if I can put him down that way. Okay, yeah, go for it. You want to get an eight. An eight, that's right. Oh, that's three. Here we go. And I just make it with an eight. Perfect. So, yeah, you crack him right in the ribs. Roll your damage. Oof, that is ugly. That's only a five. All right. So you've still knocked half the life out of him. (laughs) You knocked half the... Really, you've knocked three quarters of the life out of him, because the first time you knocked half the life out of him, and this time you knocked half of that half. Yeah. So... So he's not feeling great, but he's going to... He's gonna, like, he reels back, he's gonna try to grab you and, like, knee you, either in the nether region or in, like, the side and crack maybe your hip bone. Okay. Ooh, this one's much better. That's a nine. The nine does does hit. Alright. Take four, four strain. Four okay. physical strain. How ironic that that's what they call it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so he just knees you right in the side, and you feel the, you feel the bruise starting to form. Mm-hmm. And he stands back, and he's like, he's like, I, and you can see the blood pooling in front of his uh, ski mask, <laughs> and starting to drip through. Excellent. As he gives you, he gives you a little like, come get some fans. So what I'm gonna do here is 
instead of actually throwing another punch, I am going to kind of like I can see that he's he's on his way out, but I need information out of him. So I'm actually sure. going to grab him by the cuff and just throw him up against the the same building again. So and try to inflict some damage, but the damage really isn't necessary. It's more of sure, a yeah. the threaten and torture side of trying to figure out what it is that he's that he was up to. Yeah, in that case, I might I'll, I'll I think I'll make it just an opposed skill roll. Okay. Or an opposed test. Sure, sure. Is how I think we'll do that is like your whatever skill if you have an intimidation skill, I do. Then yeah, use or yeah, roll just a skill test, and I will roll something. I'll roll to resist that. Sounds good. And I might give it. I'm gonna give him a penalty because he's pretty beaten up. <laughs> Fair. Two. Ten. And the the skill, just so that you know, is um, intimidation. Okay. Yeah. There's no way that he's gonna succeed, so I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna roll on it. There's no way that he gets that. Okay. So, so yeah. So describe to me like how you grill him for information. So if you can imagine the way that um, Rorschach or or Batman kind of growls in the bad guy's face for information. Yeah. Where like their voice kind of gets really low and and choppy, and it's where is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's the same gruff voice that I use. And I just, I exa- that's exactly what I say. I said, where is he? Where is he going? Um, and he says, like, he's like, he coughs up blood for a second. And he's like, I don't, I, I don't know. I, the, the kid was probably going back to his apartment. I, ugh. We were supposed to stop him before he got there, because God only knows what they have in that house. Gee, oh, God. What is he? he, like, slumps. I, <laughs> He just okay. Actually, he does. He pass he slumps, out. But in his, yeah, he passes out. Uh, but like in his pocket, you see like a slip of paper that has the address on it. Because that's real eighties comics. Is like yeah. the note is sticking out, and you like look at it, but it's in the rain, but you can still see it super clearly. Mm-hmm. It's only after I read it that all the ink starts to like yeah, like start to melt down or we whatever. Get, like, th- we get like three panels. One of them is like super clear, and then it starts to melt. Oh, and then and then it melts away, and we're at the apartment. Yeah, that's a cool transition. <laughs> that is that is an awesome transition. <laughs> so yeah, so you're at the apartment of the Barrington family. It is in sort of lower residential uh, New Corinth. It's an apartment building. It's a it's a smaller apartment. How, um, you arrive at the complex. The building is, the lights, some of the lights are flickering, but, like, it's clean. Okay. Are you, are you coming in through the outside or the inside to get to this apartment? We'll say it's 513. 513 is the apartment number? Yeah. Okay. Um, nobody, like, it's not like normal apartments where, like, you would have to buzz yourself in? Like, the actual No, 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 I think it's... I think what it is is that the door the door has been broken open. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna you know what? I'm I, I'm not I'm not scared. I'm gonna walk right in through the front door. Um I'm gonna take the stairs though. If if anybody's gonna try to 
run out down the stairs. I want to make sure I'm I'm all allowed right. to say it. Yeah, all right. So you're moving up the stairs, and it's one of these big winding staircases, and we get like a whole we get a whole page spread of the stairs, and we see you at a few different points, like mm-hmm. moving up. And you get to five thirteen, and the door's been broken open. I was gonna say you step through, and there's just gizmos all around, little like mechanical toys and such, odd little things, odd little inventions, all scattered about. A lot of them have been knocked over onto the floor. Okay, so I am going to, you know, as quietly as I can, kind of start walking through. And, and seeing, like, I mean, I can see that there's nobody in this main, this main room, like the living room area. Yeah, make me a, make me a stealth, uh, skill check. Sure. Or whatever associated stealth skill or, uh, vital you have. Oh, I do have unarmed move silently, so I'll add that perfect. in. That's perfect, yeah. Not bad. It is a, it is a f- four successes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you enter. That you enter. You you see not like you don't see anything. You don't see anything. Um. Like you see these weird little gizmos and toys kind of all around, and, uh. Like, but you just at the very last second, hear. Uh, from, like, behind the door. Mm-hmm. Because the door opened into the apartment. You hear from behind the door, Look out! As, like, as a do as, uh, you, f- you feel the wind of, of a haymaker come back, come to the back of your head. Oof. Okay. Um. One, two, three. A ten hits your defense? It does. And you don't have any abilities to stop you from getting snuck up on. I'm sorry, say that one more time? You don't, uh, Do you have any abilities to keep you from getting snuck up on? No, not even kind All of. Alright. Um, uh, take one damage. One strain. Okay. Not bad. It was gonna be two strain, and then I rolled a one. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. So yeah, take one strain as he, like, you get enough... So what happens, I think, is you get enough of a warning because the kid yells... That like he catches you in the shoulder, yeah. Or maybe okay. he doesn't even hit. Maybe he doesn't even hit you. But like that strain just represents like getting knocked off balance. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So at that point, I will turn on my heels mm-hmm. and um, just throw a haymaker of my own because I'm assuming this guy is close enough for me to make contact. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even worried about what the guy looks like or anything i'm just gonna throw another one all right and hope to put him down so i can talk to him all right that works so what i'm gonna say is make an attack you can choose to make an attack or an intimidate roll whichever you would prefer and if you land the attack uh you automatically succeed at the uh we'll say you automatically succeed okay so whichever you're better at i think yeah um it's only a one... I think it's only a one die. No, it's a two die difference. Alright, yeah, I'm gonna roll the attack then. Okay. Just because... Because I think that makes sense. If you just, like, knock his ass on the ground. Yeah, just to put him down and, you know... Yeah. 
I don't know enough right now to go in and do anything big. So, oh, now that is a roll. Nine. Nine altogether. You hit him. Good. So, describe how you knock him down, and then I'll tell you what he tells you. It is, um, just, you know, it's not... It's a straight shot to his nose, like one of those quick little um, punches that you like, just like, whop, and then the guy just like kind of falls back and stumbles down. Like you could tell that I took a little bit off of it, but there's still enough to really shock a guy. Plus, it's the nose, which is a little bit of a sensitive area. Right, right, right. Yeah. So it's one of it's one of those type of punches. Okay. Yeah. So, like wheezing through his broken nose. He, like, you grill him about what's going on, and he tells, he tells you, uh, like, not a lot, because he, he, he tells you what he needs to know, and that's pretty much all they told him. Mm-hmm. But he's like, I, we were just told to get the kid. We did, we weren't told to get, we were just told to get the kid. He, we got away, we, we, we are, they already got his dad. We were just told that the kid couldn't be allowed to, to, to leave. And uh, the kid, the kid says, "Like they have my dad." Oh God, they have my dad. I turn to look at the kid. I'm like, "Relax, kid. I'll get your dad back." Please get my dad back. You just, do you have family around close? Uh, I can. I've got uh, Carl. Yeah, he works at uh, he works at uh, the he's the the groundskeeper at the school. He um he lets us hang out there sometimes. He takes care of us. I can I can I can hang out with him. Alright, get to the school as soon as you can. Don't stop to don't stop for anything. Don't talk to anybody. He like he's already gone by the time you finish saying that. Like he's not even waiting. He really didn't even hear the tail end of it. You just hope yeah. you just hope he's smart enough to know. Yeah, he's a smart enough kid. Yeah. Um can I roll a criminal check to figure out what gang or group that yeah. this kid is a part of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, that's a nine. Alright. Um, yeah, that feels like enough to get what you need to know. Um, so, you're looking around the apartment, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this dude, this dude has passed, this dude has passed out. There's okay. like, there's, he's, he's not getting the air that he needs to breathe. <laughs> you're poking around the apartment, and you find, um, what are essentially, like, Almost loan documents. Okay. They they look like you can. They are they are they are receipts that money has changed hands. Does it say what they're for? Uh, it just sa- it says that it's like seed money for like okay. a business and in- for like business investments, and it's like um Barrington Toys and Novelties, and it says that it's coming from. It's a it says it's a it's a seed it's a seed money loan from a T Castellano. Which is a name that you immediately recognize as Tony Castellano, who is uh, a lieutenant in the Genovese crime family. He handles a lot of, like, protection money type rackets. Or, like, he's at that level where he kind of draws you in and, like, gets you stuck. Like, he's the guy that approaches you like, hey, we can help you out. Like, if you need the money. And then they've got you. Hmm. So you can tell that this is tied to the Genovese family. You can tell that uh, a loan agreement was, like, set up, basically. Okay. And that, like, essentially what, like, you can you can presume happened is somebody missed a payment. 
Okay, gotcha. Got it, got it, got it. All right, so I am going to go... I'm assuming that there's a house phone in the house? Yeah, there is, yeah. All right. those big 80s landline phones. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to pick it up. Is it, is it, does it, ro- is it rotary? No, it's a dial. It's okay. an early dial tone, so it's got big buttons. It's got those big buttons. All right. Um, the camera's just going to kind of pan over to the phone. I'm just, yeah. just going to see me hit 911 and then leave the phone off the hook and right. walk out the door. All right. Um, we got a I shot of you walking out with like, 911, what's the nature of your emergency? Yep. Hello? Hello? And then we can we pan over to where are you headed? Yep. So I, I walk out and at this point I'm just kind of walk down the street. You know, not a care in the world. I don't – doesn't even come into mind that I just – you know, I could go to jail for 10 years for kicking the crap out of two different people in the span of an hour. Yeah, right. Just, you yeah, know. Right. You know, nobody's kind of – nobody's really noticing me. I'm just really nonchalant about everything. And then – I am going to go to any bars associated with the Genovese crime families, you know, where all of their lower lower end hitmen or yeah. lower end guys hang out and see if I can get some more information about where uh Mr. Castellano is gonna be. Right, right, right. Yeah, absolutely. So you hit up what's the name of the bar that you hit up? I'm gonna hit up the Smoking Barrel Inn. Yeah, the Smoking Barrel Inn. It is... It is a a hotel bar. Yeah. So it's nice. But not super nice. You walk in and, and it's where a lot of, like, shady businessmen hang out. So it feels very Genovese. You walk in, you see, uh... Fishy Rob. Uh, he's a low-end Genovese mook. Basically. Like, but you, but you've, you've met him before. When, when was the, when did you run, when did you cross paths with Fishy Rob before? I crossed paths, oh, it's a fun, funny story about Fishy Rob. I, um, I broke his arm when he was trying to, um, rob an old lady, like, carrying her groceries home. Believe it or not. He, um, he went and grabbed, he grabbed this old lady's purse right in front of me. So I clotheslined him. And then broke his arm in the process of, of getting the bag back. I mean, he, it was wrapped around his arm. I had to, you know, right. had to crack it to get so it off. He, so his arm is in this big cartoon sling. And he sees you and he starts, like, scrambling back. He starts scrambling back. A few of the other, at least, I'm going to say, one of the other guys gets up and, like, gets in your face. And 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 Fishy, Fishy Rob is like, no, 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 please don't. We don't want any, nobody wants any trouble. Don't get in his face. Oh, Hey, 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 guy! How? What's uh? What's going on? We're just having a night of nothing illicit, of non-illicit activity. Oh God! I am going to point at the bar. Like, there's two empty chairs at the end of the bar, and you know, there's a couple chairs spaced around it. Yeah. And I'm going to tell him to have a seat. He um he real reluct. He gets up and goes to the seat, but he makes sure to lock eyes with uh the big guy who goes and like stands in front of the door. Basically signaling, like, like we're doing this as a courtesy. If something happens, okay. like, you're not, you're not leaving this room. <laughs> oh, they, they, they might not be wrong. So, once he sits down, I'm going to sit at a bar, uh, at the stool next to him. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm going to did I get did I get any names? Did I get a name off of the um like any of the loan sheets outside of Castellano's name? Did I get like the name of like the people that live there? Like at the apartment? Um Yeah, it was Nick Barrington is the Barrington, guy is the that's name right. on the yeah. That's right. You said you said that name, okay. Yeah. Um So I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna I'm gonna look at him and I'm gonna say, What do you know about a uh, um Mr. Barrington? Barrington, I don't I don't I think he doesn't. He's not. He's not a member of the. He's not a Genovese. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. So, a- as slyly as I can, I'm gonna reach over and just squeeze on that cartoonish sling. You know, just to make sure he knows I'm not. I'm not messing around, but try to keep uh, it. Uh, 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 I. Uh, uh, I mean, I can look through my Rolodex if you want me to look through the Rolodex. You just gotta. You gotta be specific, buddy. I mean, this is a. Uh, you're kind of catching me off guard here. <laughs> and he, like, gets up, goes to his jacket, and pulls out a literal Rolodex, because it's 1985. Yeah. Yes, he does. And he's flipping through, and he goes, Uh, oh, here we go, Nick Barrington. Oh. Oh, 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 please don't be mad. Promise? I can tell you this, but promise me you won't be mad. And he looks back at the, at the guy blocking the door to, like, make sure that he has the confidence to, like... Make sure he has any bravery in this instant. I I uh I kind of follow his like mirror his eyes, look up at the guy at the door, and then look back down at a uh, fishy Rob, and I'm like, friends, friends, friends. Uh, he ain't gonna be around no more. He uh he owed us some money. He missed a payment. Uh, he tried to leave town and so he ain't gonna be around no more uh uh last i heard that was gonna happen oh oh you're about to hit me aren't you that's gonna happen tonight and instinctually i actually do hit him so i think we cut to the next scene and you're covered in other people's blood And then just, you know, taking one of, like, the, uh, those cruddy towels that they have behind bars that they kind of, like, use all night to wipe down the the bar. Yeah. It just makes it not quite as sticky. I'm actually, like, wiping my hands with one of those and just kind of throwing it over my shoulder as I'm walking out the door. So, so you know where, you know what's happening now. Like, you got it out of him. Eventually. (laughs) After some I after did. some some intense negotiation, you got it out of him that uh, they were going to give him concrete slippers and dispense of him in the pier. Okay, but you know that that's you know that they usually don't do that until after the pier closes at eleven thirty. It's currently about ten forty five. Okay, ten forty five. So I got about forty five minutes to get over to the pier. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't run. Again, it, it's very oddly nonchalant for a guy wearing a mask to walk down the sure. street with this much confidence. But you know, I've got like that long trench coat on, yeah, hands right. in the pockets, the collars popped up because apparently that stops your neck from getting wet. Sure. And you know, there's that long inner monologue that goes on in yeah. my head. Something like, "I didn't know this, Nick Barrington." Hell, I didn't even know if he deserved to be saved. But I know that I couldn't let these Genovese just get away with killing who they wanted when they wanted. 
If the cops weren't going to do anything about it, I sure was. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to need a skill roll from you. Sure. Uh, let me look through the skills and decide exactly which one that's going to be as you, like, make your way to the docks to see, like, how much, how long it takes you to get there. Okay. So, you're going, so you're going by foot, right? Yep. Or are you getting, yeah, okay. So let's call it, uh, let's call it athletics, and I will set it as a little bit of a difficulty. Well, no, I'm going to say, yeah, we'll say it's an athletics check to see how long it takes you to get there. Okay. Oof, ugly. Uh, zero. Okay. So not great. <laughs> nope, not not particularly great. Okay, that's see if that's perfectly fine. Um... Yeah, so, okay, so you're in a tough position. You get there. Uh, you actually do have to eventually, like, break a run. Mm -hmm. You're not able to look cool. <laughs> you show up, and it is, you know, this long dock. The street lights are on, but the lights on the warehouses are all out. There are these big shipping crates all around. And you see, at the edge of one of the piers, right against the water. You see uh, a guy wearing the cement shoes, so he's got the cement blocks on his feet. His hands are tied, his mouth is gagged shut. There is, uh, there is a, a very large guy in a suit, like, with his sleeves, or he's got a dress shirt and his sleeves are rolled up in a tie, like, uh, getting him ready, like, tying him up to, like, push him over. And you see, leaning against a, a black Lincoln town car, Tony Castellano. And he's lighting a cigarette, and that's the only real, like, that and the street lights are the only lights that you see. And they're glowing. Okay. And he's kind of, like, he's monologuing a little bit. He's like, you know, hey, listen, Toymaker. You could have played this, the, you know, this isn't child's play. This is a, this is a much harder game that you're playing. So, uh, sorry, sometimes, sometimes you play a game and you lose, my friend. But, uh, we had fun, right? And he went and he, like, throws him a real sleazy wink. Hmm. So what's so, your plan? Okay. So he's at the end of the dock with one of, with some other guy. Yeah. And then down at the base of the dock is where the town car is. Yeah. And I'm off to the side. And you can see that there is a draw like, you can see by the lights of the dashboard light that there is a driver in the car. Okay. All right. Um. So that is, that is the, the, the conundrum is that, is that you're going to have to decide which one you go after. I am going to go after Castellano. Okay. I'm going to hope that I can sneak up as sneaky as I can get up to him. Okay. And pull my pull the pull my gun on him and tell him to have have his boy bring him down the bring him down the dock. Okay. Yeah. Alright. Totally. Uh roll me a stealth roll. A stealth roll it is. Two five six seven. And that one's gone, so let me roll another one. one. You want to beat a five. 
That's a five as well. That's actually that's exactly what I got. Okay. Okay. Uh, then in which case I'm gonna ask you for one, so one other uh, stealth roll. Okay. So a partial success. I'm gonna say you dodge. I'm gonna say he is so focused on uh, like uh, he's so focused on his thing that he he you're he's blanked. But yeah, it's gonna be the the matter is now sneaking past the driver, who's sure. got the, like the sure. lights on. That makes perfect sense. This one's going to be easier, though. You only have to beat a three. I got a four. Perfect. So you sneak up on him. What do you do? I just, you know, I, I pull the hammer back right up against his, like, the gun is to his head, and yeah. then the hammer pulls back, so it, like, reverberates in his ear. Right. And I say something along the lines of, now, I could just erase you right now, but I think it's more important that you pull my friend Nick there down off the dock. Uh, so, the smirk never leaves his face. That's the that's the important thing. Mm-hmm. He keeps that shit-eating grin the entire time. Oh, that's not a good sign. And he's just smiling, and he's like, Huh, so, uh, you're the guy that, I assume you're the guy that jumped my men... That's exciting. It's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, I wish I could say the same. And uh, the, the grin never leaves his face, but you see the beads of sweat. And he's like, stand there, he's like, so... So what then? You want, uh... You want me to, uh... You want, you want to call... You want, you want me to call this off? Fine, I'll call this off. And he shouts as loudly as possible. Hey, uh, Tony, this man that has a gun turned on me wants you to call it off, so why don't you leave Mr. Barrington be, huh? And we'll appease this nice man that has a gun turned on me? Tony being the guy that's uh, putting the cement shoes on. Yeah. Turns around, pulls out his own gun, and starts, like, coming towards you, and he's going to take a shot. So let's I roll am... initiative. Yeah, I suppose we do. Oh, goodness. All right. Oh, what did we say initiative was? Uh, it's an agility roll. That's right. That's right. So, we got a one. Ooh, I got a four out of four. Big Tony got a one. Uh, little Tony, because I named both characters Tony, because I, because I was not thinking. Little Tony got a zero. What did the eraser get? The eraser got a four. Got four successes, four hits? All right. Yeah, four out of four. Perfect. And the driver... Uh, the driver gets... One. Okay. Okay, so you're going to go first. As, All right. As um, the guy is coming towards you with a gun... Uh. Castellano is freaking out. Like you can tell, he's got that, still got that smirk, but he's panicking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The driver starting the car. All right. So the best thing that could happen to me is have the driver drive off here. So what I think I'm going to do is I'm actually going to pistol whip, which I guess will really just be a fist. Sure. Um, Big T, 
because he's right here and he's kind of in a vulnerable position. Sure. And then I'm going to then, you know, next go around, turn and fire a shot off at uh, Little T. Sure. So I'll give you a plus two. I'll give you a static plus two to that for the pistol whip for your standing okay. fist attack. Wow. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All right. Uh, oh, so I didn't even add my athletic, which is five more, so 14. All right. And this is on Tony, so his defense is perfect. Yeah, so you got him. You nailed him. Roll your damage. Oh, couple ones. It's a grand total of two damage. All right. So you pistol whip him, and he starts, like, mm-hmm. stumbling. Big Tony is going to take a shot at you. Okay. Big Tony takes a shot at you with his pistol. One. That's a five, so that does not hit. Does not, no. Yeah. So he's, oh, he's got one of these, he's got a machine pistol, so he's just, like, spraying. <laughs> oh, so I gotta make quick work out of this. So he's spraying, um, the driver's gonna go next, he's gonna start the car, he, like, leans out the window, his only action is gonna be, like, boss, get in! Get the hell in! Ooh, And okay. little Tony is going to, I'm gonna make it a, an opposed roll to, like, slip past ya. Because he's okay. a coward. Sure, so sure, sure. So we'll call it. Uh, we'll call it just. Uh, we'll call it athletics. That sounds right. Like to to sounds weasel right. away from you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So he's rolling one plus his He gets a two. He's got a two. I also have a two. Okay. So, uh, what happens is he, I'm gonna call that a partial success and say that, like, he, like, gets away from you, so you'd have to move to sort of get in, and next turn he can get in the car and they can drive off. Okay, so I... But he's not able to, but, like, he was not able to push through you. But he was able to get, like, a little bit of ground. Okay. Yeah. So, like, so you gotta decide if you're targeting him or Big Tony. Little Tony, you mean? Yeah, you gotta decide which Tony you're gonna target. If you which, Okay, uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I am going to continue on... Obviously, I'm gonna have to change my plan here. Because instead of shooting at Little Tony, I- I'd rather keep Big Tony from getting in the car. Sure. So, um... Or the other way around. Little Tony's the coward that's trying to get in the car. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought little Tony was was the bo- was Tony Castellano. Yeah, that little Tony is Tony Castellano. He's the one trying to get in the car. Big Tony and is the big guy. Tony that, is is the guy shooting at you. Yep. Yep. Okay. Now it's so we all both had it right. We awesome. we both had it right. There was just some con- some confusion. This is why you don't <laughs> name multiple characters the same thing in a scene. <laughs> oh, those NPCs. All right. So I am going to um try to put myself. In between little Tony and the car. Okay. While also putting myself between 
myself and Big Tony. You know, kind of half use Little Tony as a human shield got while it. actually gotcha, trying gotcha, to stop gotcha, him. Gotcha. So it's gonna be he's gonna be shooting, but he's not gonna be able to shoot at you because. Gotcha. Okay. That's very yeah. smart. Yeah, I'm trying here. Um, All right. So you can still like do another thing because that's not enough movement to like take up your whole. Yeah. No. Uh, and then at the same time, once I'm in between the two of them. I'm going to go ahead and give another body shot. Cool. And and hope that that kind of puts him down and makes and at least makes the driver go off. Yeah. And get rid of him. Nine altogether on the hit. Um that does hit. It does three damage. Three damage. Great. You wear him down. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you hit him. You catch him right in the ribs. Uh, so next up is Big Tony's gonna open fire. He Well, he's gonna... Hmm. Now, now there's some contemplation about what is gonna happen here. I think Big Tony is gonna... I know what happens. Big Tony turns the gun on Nick and is just like, everybody stop. This is chaos. (laughs) He's got the gun pointed on him. He's got the gun pointed on him. And as he does that, little Tony puts his hands up and he's like, he's still got that grin. And he's like, we can make a deal, right? Like we're civilized people. As he's like nursing his ribs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Because he's a coward. Yeah. Oh. Did the car drive off yet? Is it is it just the the four of us now? Um. Yeah, I'm gonna say on his turn, the driver's like the driver was waiting for little Tony to get in the car, but like sees the fact that you've got him pinned, and he's like, "Boss, I'm gonna come back." Uh, and little Tony's like, "If you leave now, I swear to Christ, I'm gonna murder you." And he just drives right off. Hmm. This is why this is, it's so hard to get good help. I don't understand it. Do you understand it, Eraser? I work alone. Um, I envy you for that. I really do. Must be nice to have no conscience. Yeah, it's pretty great. You know what? And then I'm going to like, like spin him around, grab him by the cuff. Sure. Like the back, like the collar of his shirt, I should say. Um, And then walk him out onto the dock. Right. Essentially as a human, partially as a human shield, but also as a, if we're going to have to, to work this out so that nobody dies. Sure. I'm going to have him, you know, I want the leverage as much as, as Big T does. Right. So like, yeah, so, uh, so you're, so you're in this, you're in this standoff. You've each got the person, the gun to the throat of the other person. Um, Nick is shaking and he's like, his eyes are wide. You can tell like he doesn't, he doesn't fully understand what's happening, but he's, he's hopeful. Tony Castellano's got that, you punch him in the face and grin. Mm -hmm. And big Tony is scared. He looks honestly scared. Good. He looks like a sensible person. So what do you do? I 
can I can I ascertain whether or not the concrete has settled yet? It like it is hardened already. It's starting to. I'd say it's about halfway. Okay, I'm gonna tell Big Tony to get Nick out of the concrete now before it gets any harder. Like you know, like as a sign of good faith, if you want me to not kill your boss, you're gonna get him out of the concrete now. Tony. If you get him out of the concrete, I swear to Christ, I'm going to murder you. And then he takes him out of the concrete. <laughs> <laughs> just that same grin on his face. He just rolls his eyes back. No one is listening to me today. I don't understand it. I, I, I am in control of my destiny. I am in control of my destiny. Tony, remember your affirmations. <sighs> so Big Tony, like, takes him out of the concrete, like, and... Kind of, like, kicks the last of it off the little bit that hasn't hardened. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay. So what do we do now? Dude, I don't know what we're doing now, but, like, you gotta you gotta walk me through this. I am going to... Okay. Here's what you're gonna do. Here's what you're gonna do, Big T. You're gonna put your gun down, and you're gonna walk. Okay. And you're gonna walk, and you're gonna walk. When I think that you're far enough away, I'm gonna let Little to you here go. And you can pick him up about at the corner of Maple and 72nd. Okay, I think I know what we're doing and I have a counter proposal. Okay. I'm going to put my gun down and he puts his gun down. The gun is down. Give me Big Tony and we both walk. And Big Tony, or Little Tony, give me Little Tony and we walk. And Little Tony's like, I swear I I'm in control of my destiny. I I am on, I am just having a difficult day. And right before I like shove little Tony at Big Tony, I whisper in his ear, I say, "As long as I'm in New Corinth, you aren't in control of your destiny." And then I shove him into at like I, sh- I, like, just shove them as hard as I can. You know, if they happen to fall in the water. Sure. No, you know, I'm not going to lose sleep over he, them getting a little touch so of pneumonia. He shoves him, you shove him, like, as hard as you can, certain that he's going to fall into the water. And he collides with Big Tony, but Big Tony is so big that he just, like, it's a brick wall. Like, he just, like, <laughs> <laughs> so Big Tony, like, grabs him by the collar. And little Tony is still whispering affirmations. And he's like, that's fine. I'm in control. And Big Tony's like, okay. You know that if we meet again, I'm going to have to do everything I can to kill you, right? You get that? And you know the next time that you see this mask, it will be your last time. I... That's fine. That's fine. I... Okay. All right. Let's go. Let's go, boss. Let's go. And at that moment, the driver pulls back around and he's like, are you done? Is the gunfight done? Is everybody alive? This is the best day ever. And Tony's like, everybody's not going to be alive because we get back to the we get back to the mansion. You're all dead. You're all going to die. And they load into the car and they drive off. Um. All right. I'm going to walk up to Nick and uh, say, uh, your son almost got into a whole heap of painful trouble tonight. Yeah, and I, I know. I 
I, I know. I, I would have left him an orphan. I can't. It was that was stupid. That was a stupid thing to do. There's one thing I know about this city. It's that the rich will always have the upper hand on the not so rich. I just wanted to. I just wanted to make toys. I wanted to get a business loan to get started, but they wouldn't give me it at the bank. I got desperate, and it was selfish and stupid. And you, I, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't know you, and I don't know why I am apologizing to you. But I'm sorry. Don't apologize to me. Apologize to your son. I will. He's at the school. He's uh hanging out with the uh the groundskeeper, the caretaker, some nonsense. And whenever whenever anybody asks who saved your life tonight, tell him the eraser. I will. And he walks off and you're standing there and that freezing rain for a brief second turns to turns to snow and you see it glowing in the light and it feels like the happiest ending that you can get. <laughs> As you watch them walk off to reunite his family. Nobody died tonight. Tonight was a win. Tonight was a good night. And that's game. Yeah. Oh, that was so much fun. That was awesome. I loved it. That was great. (laughs) That was a great ending. Oh, I love that ending. That was so perfect for what for what we're doing. Yeah, I loved it. That was that was that was sweet. That was a sweet ending. Oh, God, that nobody, was awesome. Nobody died. I just nobody. played an entire game of Cold Steel Warden where nobody died. That's That doesn't happen very often. You know, we, we, we it, it all worked out in the end. Oh. You know, minus, you know, letting a criminal walk, but hey. You'll get him next time. Oh, there's going to be plenty. Of, the, the Italian mob isn't going anywhere. Yeah, right. Oh, Corey, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. This was a blast. <laughs> Jeff, thank you so much for having me. This was this was fantastic. Oh, I loved it. That was really cool. Uh, so, uh, real quick, where can people find your work online? Uh, if they go to uh, iTunes or uh, Stitcher or any other podcast aggregator that uses the iTunes, um, they can find Zero's Talking Heroes. And obviously when they do, if they subscribe on iTunes to give us a five-star review, that would be awesome. Always, and then always I'll, do that. I'll always do that. And then any of the social medias, we are at ZTH Podcast. Fabulous. Uh, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Thank you for suggesting Cold Steel Wardens. This was the coolest. Uh, and now I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future, me. Thanks for asking me. And thanks again to Corey for coming on the show. That was super, super fun. If you like superhero movies, which I think that you probably might, you should absolutely check out Zero's Talking Heroes. It's a lot of fun. Also, be sure to follow Corey on Twitter at IamCityFolkSoul. Then slide over and follow Party of One on Facebook at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. Consider supporting the show on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Party of One Podcast. Patreon money directly goes towards hosting these new equipment and lining up convention appearances and live shows. If you want to hear more from me, consider checking out All My Fantasy Children, the podcast where Aaron Catano and I take your listener prompts and turn them into beautiful, vibrant, living role-playing game characters. That can be found at soundcloud.com slash allmyfantasychildren. And if you love the show, consider telling a friend. iTunes reviews, social media shoutouts, and word-of-mouth recommendations do a ton in helping the show reach new people and do bigger, better, and cooler things. Party of One is produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran featuring the D&D Sluggers. 
If you want to inquire about advertising rates, please email me partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. That's it for me. Until next time, thank you for listening and party on. Never gonna die.